Summertime is a time and an opportunity for uh, so many different things. There are opportunities that you could have this summer, like summer jobs, or maybe getting a job in general. Maybe, you know, saving up to buy a car. Maybe for you, it's going to be summer school, the first part of summer you're going to spend in summer school. Maybe you're going to be working on your game for the next season that's coming up, working on your athletics and preparing for the next season. Maybe you're graduating out and you're thinking, okay, this summer I've got to get my stuff in order. I've got to pack up. I'm moving to college, or I've got to look for that job that's going to carry me through. Every one of us is at a different place this summer. And I found out as a teenager that if I just approach summer with a cavalier attitude, if I just don't have a plan, then I'm going to end up getting myself into trouble. And for every summer from the time I was 12 to 18, I found myself constantly getting into trouble. Who of us actually starts out and says, man, I really want to blow it this summer? Does anyone just like, I hope my summer stinks. I hope I make every wrong decision I could possibly make. Is there any one of us in here that's as cynical that would say that? No. Do you kind of want it? But think about it. Have you ever had the time where you come back, it's August 31st, and you're thinking, man, I totally blew my summer. It stunk. I didn't do anything right. I didn't get any of my schoolwork done, and I'm going back to school in four days, and now I got to do all my summer reading. Have you ever had that, that, that time where you're just like, I can't believe I blew it this summer? Well, God really shared with me that if we have a plan, we don't have to blow it. Are you in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20? Let's read together. My son or my daughter, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all your flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let your way be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Now turn over just one page and go over to chapter 7, verse 1. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and you shall live. And my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. And call understanding your nearest kin. They will keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. Now, I love Proverbs 4.20 because it teaches us that we need to listen to the voice of instruction. We need to listen to the voice of our fathers. Now, how many of you know that your parents, they're always telling you, like, well, this is the way that I felt. I felt like my parents always had something to say about what I was doing. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, always giving me, you, know, you shouldn't go down that road. You shouldn't make that mistake. Do you ever wonder why they say all that? Why? Why do parents always have something to say about a decision you're going to make. Amanda? They want to protect you. you, And why might they want to protect you? They love you. They care. But what else? Okay. Brittany, they've been through it. See, there are two types of wisdom. There's wisdom by experience, and there's wisdom by insight. Your parents try to teach you. I try to teach my daughter, listen to what I'm saying to you. It's wisdom because I've been there. Your parents, that's the way they try to teach you. Listen, don't make that same stupid mistake. I have been there. A lot of times when we're 15 and we're looking at a 30-year-old, we think they don't understand. 
But the truth is, mom and dad are saying, don't make that decision or make this decision because I have been there and I know what the consequence is. And this morning, I know you've got tests and exams and all schoolwork on your mind, but I want to just lay a foundation and give you an opportunity to make some right decisions this summer and show you that every choice has a consequence. Now, it's interesting because in Proverbs chapter 7, go over to verse 4 again, Proverbs 7, 4. It says, say to, say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your nearest kin. What does that mean? Keep it close by you like a family member. Verse 5, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. Now, this scripture is specifically talking about avoiding adultery, avoiding that trap, but I want you to know that that same spirit of seduction is out there in the world. And if you don't listen to wisdom this summer, you're going to fall into temptation. You're going to fall into traps because you're not prepared and you're not listening. That's why Solomon writes, he said, listen to my words and treasure what I'm teaching you. Because if you do, it'll keep you. It'll keep you on the right path. And you don't have to feel the pain of letdown. You don't have to feel the pain of all these incidences, all these decisions that you make. Because the truth is that every choice has a consequence. Everyone say choice. Now say consequence. Say choice. Now say consequence. Every decision we make has a consequence, whether good or bad, right? Would you agree with me? Okay. You made a decision to wake up this morning and come to church. Some of you right now are thinking it was a bad decision to wake up and come to church. But I'm telling you, even though you may feel like it was a bad decision, you're going to reap something good. You're going to get something good out of coming to church this morning. So you made a decision, even if you didn't want to, to come to church, and now you're going to benefit. There's a consequence to coming to church. Here's the other consequence. If you were to just stay in bed and get that extra hour of sleep while everyone goes off to church, you're not going to get the benefit of what God wants to share with you today. You're not going to get the benefit of worshiping him. You're not going to get the benefit of the word that he wants to impart to you today. Every choice, whether good or bad, has a consequence. Now, go back over to verse 4, please. Go over to verse 26, uh, chapter 4, verse 26. I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 26. Ponder the path of your feet and let your way be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Who can translate that for me? Ponder the path of your feet and let your way be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Somebody, somebody hook me up with a translation right now if you were to interpret that. We just heard from you. Okay, Zach? It's different? Go ahead, read it. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. Now that we've got that interpretation, somebody tell me what that scripture is trying to say. Michael? Plan ahead. Plan ahead and plan it thoroughly. What else is that scripture trying to say, Brittany? Don't feed into the world. Good. What else is that, might that scripture be trying to say? Mark out a straight path and read again. Mark out a straight path and stay on the safe path. What else might it be trying to say? Anyone else here or read anything else into that? Okay, those are all great. Those are awesome. Choose the path that you're going to go and don't let anyone take you off of it. Choose the path that you're going to take and don't let anyone take you off of it. I constantly talk to people who say that they like, they like to be around unique people. They don't, who, nobody likes a poser, right? Who, who like loves posers? 
<laughs> for entertainment. We like to watch the posers. <laughs> Nobody wants to be around a poser. Everyone wants to be around someone unique, right? Well, can I tell you something? In all of our striving to be unique, we're falling into the same trap of being like the world, aren't we? Think about it. Think about the clothes that we wear. We, we do something a little bit different, and we think we're unique. We part our hair a different way. We shave our head. We grow it long. We put on this band or put on this shirt or wear these really tight pants that make you talk really high if you're a guy. And, and we think we're doing something different, don't we? I got to keep you awake. What else am I supposed to say? You guys have to stay awake. You got to stay with me. We, we do these things, and we think that we're being unique, but the scripture says, hey, listen, choose, choose the narrow path and don't let anyone move, it off, move you off from it. Here's the problem. Every single summer, every single year, I would go to like acquire the fire and I would come back and I would be on fire for God. But by the summertime, you know, I would get caught into temptation. I would have my straight path marked out. But the problem was there was a friend over here who took me down this path. And then there was a decision I made that took me down this path. And then there was another friend over here that took me down this path. And you know what happened? I came to the end of my summer realizing that I didn't accomplish anything. There are opportunities for you this summer, opportunities that will distract or opportunities that will help you fulfill your purpose. Now, sometimes when we talk to teenagers about fulfilling your purpose, you think, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Listen, I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, okay? I got a job, I'm married with two kids, and I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. It's constantly growing. Your vision is constantly changing, but you won't know your purpose unless you spend time with God. As a Christian, your number one purpose is not to marry the right person, is not to have the right job, or fulfill the right ministry. As a Christian, what is your purpose? What's your purpose? Let's start here. How many of you would say, I'm a Christian? Okay, some of you are unsure. That's fine. What's the purpose of being a Christian? To serve God? That's a great answer. What if it was a little bit deeper than that? What do you think, Michael? To bring, what if it's deeper than, I mean, what if it's simpler than that? Sorry, simpler than that. What else could it be? Anyone, any takers? Say it loud. Can you say it louder? <laughs> to know God. That's a mind blower, isn't it? Your number one purpose as a Christian when I got saved, I thought I got saved so that I could bring more people to Jesus. I could serve him. But my number one purpose as a Christian is not to serve him, is not to fulfill some ministry requirement, is not to marry the right person or get the right job. My number one purpose as a Christian is to know him. So even if I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, I could make decisions this summer that will help me towards my purpose. What are some decisions that you could make this summer that would help you towards your purpose? You tell me. If you're a Christian and your number one purpose is to know God, what are some decisions you can make right now for your summer that will help you towards your purpose? What are some decisions? It's, it's simpler than you think. Okay, spend more time with him, but what does that mean? Because I get stuck. Sometimes I don't know what that means. Read the word more. Okay. What are some other decisions you can make that would help you towards your purpose? Go on the Thursday trips with the church. Keep you out of trouble. Did you guys hear about that, by the way? Did we announce that? I am super stoked about that. You have to come out and join us. Okay, so Zach's going to stay out of trouble this summer by like, going on the Thursday trips with the church. Okay, what else can we do to make right decisions to help us towards our purpose? 
Come on, what do you think? What do you think? Okay, here's a real easy one. What can you do to distract you from your purpose? Hang out with friends? Okay, maybe the wrong friends, right? What else could you do to distract you from your purpose? Go on Facebook? Okay, so for you it might be going on Facebook. Okay, Michael? Do about everything else, okay? What else? What else can we do that would distract us from our purpose? Chris, you, you're trying to get something out, man. You've been thinking for a while. What do you got? Anything? I don't know, like, like Okay, so spending more time listening and watching things you shouldn't. Okay. Those are all good things. Listen, God wants you this summer to mark out a path, to mark out a path and to not move from it. We all want to be a unique individual, but how many of us are willing to pay the price to be unique? Many of us get caught up with friends over here, and they take us down this path. This is the path we should be on. Many of us make a bad decision, and we end up going down that path, and this is the path we should be on. God says to us, mark out the right path, and no matter what it costs you, don't turn to the right and don't turn to the left. This summer, what decisions will you make to help you towards your purpose? Summertime is a great time to get to know God better. You have more time for Bible reading and you have more time for prayer. Would you turn your Bibles over to Galatians? In the New Testament now, Galatians. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Corinthians, and Galatians chapter 6, please. Here's what I want you to see, whether good or bad, every choice has a consequence. Galatians chapter 6 Verse 7. When you get there, say, I got it. You all can talk to Arthur about the time that I schooled him in basketball at the end of service, okay? The truth is he beat me 100 to 50. Here we go. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will reap. For he who sows to the flesh will reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will reap of the Spirit everlasting life. Let's read together verse 7 again. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will reap reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit, the Spirit everlasting life. Let me ask you something. What am I doing right now? I'm bouncing a ball. What type of effort am I using? What am I doing exactly? We know this is bouncing a ball, but what am I doing exactly? Okay, we're converting potential energy into kinetic. That's good that you bring up physics. That's good that you bring up physics. Very good. Very good. You paid attention to physics class. Good. Okay, watch this now. Even physics, those of you who have not taken physics yet, It's a great class. Even physics teaches us for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Watch this. For every action, there's an equal equal and opposite reaction. What's my action? Pushing down, right? My action is to push the ball down. And what happens when I push the ball down? Do I force the ball to come back up? No. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? You agree? You know that's how it works in life? It's a law that God set in order called sowing and reaping. Whoever sows will reap. So whatever you sow is whatever you're going to reap. Just like the only thing that I have to do is push the ball down. The air inside the ball pushes the ball up. 
For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. The decisions we make, whether we want to receive it or not, do have consequences. When you make a choice to hang out with certain people, you're going to become like those people. When you make a choice to fill your mind with music and videos that are corrupt, that's what's going to come out of you. You, you don't put milk in your gas tank. Who's driving already? Okay, if you're not driving mom and dad's car and you want to try an experiment, put milk in the gas tank and see what happens. You'll be at the mechanic for a long time. You'll need a new car. Do You don't put milk in the gas tank, do you? No. You put gas in the gas tank so the, ga- the car can run successfully. So whatever you put on the inside of you is the same way. Whatever you feed yourself, not just physical food, but whatever you feed yourself, whatever comes in through your eyes. That's why pornography is such a trap because people don't realize the more they see, the more they become addicted. That's what comes out of them. You know something? Uh, who thinks um, this whole idea... Do you ever just watch the news and say, where the heck did that come from? You know, uh, molestation and pedophilia. Doesn't that just like blow your mind? How could somebody do that? Well, you know how it started? I could tell you exactly how it started. Somebody getting addicted to pornography. And what happens is the corruption that you sow in is the perverted corruption that comes out. That's what happens. People look at how somebody could murder somebody, and they say, how does that happen? Because the corruption that you put in, video games, television, movies, thoughts, start to develop up here. And then if you're not born again and you don't renew your mind, you put those thoughts into action. That's what the Scripture says. You see, there's nothing that happens outside in the world that we all don't go through as well. The things that that the world is dealing with, we're dealing with, we just might have a better way of dealing with it. Whatever you sow, you will reap. For every action in your life, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Here's the point I really want you to catch. Just like all I have to do is push the ball down, if there's air in it, it's going to come back up. All you have to do is make a wrong decision and a wrong decision and a wrong decision for you to begin to reap the consequences of that. Just like when you make a right decision, you reap the consequences of that. When I talk to people and they want to know what they can do to change their life and make their life better, this is what I tell them. Make one right decision at a time. You get yourself into a mess by making a wrong decision and a wrong decision and a wrong decision. You get yourself out of of a mess by making a right decision, a right decision, a right decision. We make one right decision at a time. And I want to challenge you this summer to ponder the path of your feet. Set out a course for your life and let your way be established. Don't get turned and tempted over to going to the right. And don't get turned and tempted over going to the left. This is the path of life. Jesus said that narrow is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. But broad Broad are all the roads that lead to death. Today, in this, in this summer, you have an opportunity to choose. God told the children of Israel, back in the, in the Pentateuch of the Bible, he said, I give you life, I set before you life and death, I set before you blessing and cursing, now you choose. Man has free will. You and I have an opportunity to choose this summer, what are we going to do? You see, this is the way that I see it. Spending more time in Bible reading and prayer will help you avoid temptation this summer. Spending less time in Bible reading and prayer will help you give in to temptation and make you weaker for the school year. 
What I found every year is that I would make these decisions in, in the summer, and come time for the new school year, I would be even weaker, and I would fall into more temptation. How much time would you say you spend Bible reading and prayer now? Maybe five, ten minutes, thirty minutes? Some of you are at the ten-minute mark. Ten minutes Bible reading and prayer. Okay, twenty minutes. Twenty minutes, thirty minutes. Okay, we'll go backwards. Five minutes. Five minutes a day. Five minutes, okay, okay. Two minutes. Do we spend time in Bible reading and prayer? Are you above, are we at 35, are we at an hour, where are we? Okay, this is good. Here's what I want to tell you. If you want to, this is, this is the way that I see it. If you're not concerned, and this is not an attack, I'm telling you, it's science, it's physics, it's math. If you're not concerned with fulfilling your purpose, then don't do anything else right now. Spend as much time with God as you are right now. Because all you have to do to be weaker by next school year is keep spending the same amount of time you do with God right now, even if it's five minutes. Summer is an opportunity to spend more time in Bible reading and more time in prayer. You want to know why? Because if you spend the same amount of time you're spending now, you have more free time. And that's more free time for the world to get you to fall into temptation if you're not spending more of that time in Bible reading and prayer. Who's ever heard the old saying, idle hands are the devil's workshop? Do your parents still tell you that? No, no one's heard that? You are such a weird generation. You don't know half of the things that we grew up with. Idle hands, there's this old saying, and it goes like this, idle hands are the devil's workshop. And what that basically means is that if you just choose right now not to do any more, but just stay idle, you're going to fall backwards. Isn't that interesting? But if you choose to take a step forward and do just a little bit more, you're going to move forward. Physics also tells us that a body in motion stays in motion. We have to choose this summer who we're going to serve and what we're going to do. I'm challenging you right now to make good decisions. Here's my final thought for you this morning. How many of you ever heard me share parts of my testimony? How many of you know that I wasn't perfect when I was your age? How many of you know I made a lot of stupid mistakes when I was your age? Yeah, many of you. I've shared my testimony a lot with you guys. And you know one of the things I've been convicted of? I share my testimony with you. Our adult staff shares their testimony with you. But we never tell you that, you know, you see us now and you're like, wow, look at They screwed up as a teenager and they're on fire for God now. Yeah, but here's the, here's the truth that I, I don't want your eyes to be veiled from. There are decisions I made in the past that still have consequences. There are wrong decisions I made in the past in my former life that still have consequences. And the pain of those consequences causes me to wish sometimes I never made that decision. You see, I know people say, I don't live with regret. I don't, all I do, when, when, sometimes a thought comes, I'm like, man, I should have never made that decision. And I'm trying to stand here as an adult and tell you, listen, whatever you choose to do, positive or negative, will have a consequence. God always gives us the grace to deal with the consequence of our sin. You know how the scripture says if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness? First John 1, 9, you guys know that scripture? You know what? God doesn't remove the consequence, though. Here, I'm, I'm going to tell you a truth that the enemy is lying to you right now. 
God does not take away the consequence of your sin. He gives you the grace to deal with the consequence. Here's my, here's my demonstration for that. A guy and a girl come together. They're having sex. They find out that they get pregnant. They realize we messed up. We need to ask for God's forgiveness. Two kids right here in the youth group. This didn't happen, but I'm giving you a scenario. Two kids right here in the youth group, they realize, you know what? We messed up. We got to go before God and ask for his forgiveness now that we're pregnant. So they go before God and they ask for his forgiveness. Do you think God's going to destroy that baby because they asked for forgiveness? No. See, a, a, a child comes about as a consequence, a positive consequence of two people coming together. Just because you've asked for forgiveness for your sin doesn't mean that the consequence is not going to be there, but God will give you grace to go through the consequence. And you know what? I have to tell you that because the problem is I sat in these same black chairs hearing same testimonies thinking, I'll just do whatever I want and I'll get saved later. And I was so blinded and I didn't realize that there are always consequences. Just like for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Choose your path wisely and don't get torn and don't get pulled to the right and to the left. Father, I thank you for this generation. I thank you for these men and women. They're here in church on Sunday because they want to hear more of your word. Father, I thank you that you've already prepared their heart and your word is seeding right now, falling deep inside of their heart right now. And Father, I thank you by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would just begin to minister to these individuals. You begin to minister to each and every one because we all need something different. And Father, help us. Lord, we confess right now we've made some decisions in our life that haven't been good. But one decision we have made was right, and that was choosing you. Father, I pray for those in this room right now who have chosen you, who have given their life completely to you. We would say that they're born again. We would say that they're saved. Father, I pray right now that you would help them to see that you are not the one who brings condemnation, and there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But Lord, if their heart is pierced, and if they're convicted, let them confess that sin before you, Father. Let them get that thing out, that they might be right with you once again, Father. And Lord, for those who are in this room who, who aren't necessarily serving you, who don't know you, who it's, the Bible would describe as lost and backslidden, I pray for those right now, Father, that they would just confess their sin and recognize, wait a minute, I can turn around right now. There's a God who loves me. Thank you, Lord. Penetrate every heart here. Penetrate every heart here in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be your holy name, O God. Amen. As we begin, as we continue to pray, as we continue to pray, I want to give you an opportunity, a couple opportunities this morning. You might be here and you say, you know what, Mr. Kurt? I'm tired of doing the same old thing. I'm tired of being idle. I want to go that next step. And that just means I'm going to make a commitment to spend 10 minutes more. And how about one that would say, I want to spend 30 minutes more. I'm going to commit to spending 30 minutes a day more to growing in my relationship with him. Well, whatever it is that's on your heart, just tell God right now, Lord, I make this commitment to you. I commit to spend this, whatever that amount of time is, more in prayer and in Bible reading, growing, getting to know you more. In Jesus' name, you can be seated.